Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it by faith. Come on. And open my heart to hear God speak a word. And fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be... Amen. Amen. All right, have a seat. You ready? I am so glad that we have the kids with us today. Hey, I found a kid joke. You guys ready for a kid joke? Some of you adults are ready for a kid joke too. Ready? In kids' church... They were teaching how God created everything, including human beings. Little Bobby seemed especially interested when they told him how Eve was created out of one of Adam's ribs. Well, later in the week, his mother noticed Bobby lying down, holding his side as though he was sick and moaning. And his mommy said, Bobby, what's the matter? And little Bobby responded, I have a pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. Come on, did anybody get that one? Little Bobby. You know what? Jesus said this. Jesus said, hey, listen, uh, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them from coming to me because God's kingdom belongs to people who are like the children. Children are so full of faith. They're open They're humble. There's nothing impossible for God. And that's the kind of faith that He's looking for us as adults too. Speaking of faith, first Sunday, 2023, God's given us a theme for 2023. Some of you have heard it for the last four weeks, but this is the theme. A heart for the house, hands for the harvest. Would you say it with me? Come on. Heart for the house, hands for the harvest. What does that mean? That simply means that God wants you and I to realign our hearts with Him. To be devoted to Him. And that means that in our devotion to Him, we also have a heart and a love for God's house. Not just the building, but God's people. The family. That's God's house. And He wants for us to be recommitted so that we can begin to experience more of God as a family together. Heart for the house also includes we want to show up on Sundays when we're having service. You know, the Bible says don't miss gathering together like some people do. Especially when we know that the return of Jesus is getting closer. When you gather together, you should stir each other up towards love and good work. So that's part of having a heart for the house. And when we say hands for the harvest... What we mean is that we want to make ourselves available for God to use us to point other people to Jesus. God wants to use us to show God's love to people that aren't part of God's family yet. God wants to use us. Experience people can be saved. People can experience life to the full. People can experience God in their families and in their lives. Jesus said, not me, Jesus said, I have come 
to seek and to save those that are lost. Jesus said, the fields are plentiful, they're ripe for the harvest, but the laborers are few. What does that mean, the harvest? That means that there are many people in our communities that God wants to win into the family of God. So God wants us this year in 2023 to have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. And we said the reason why this is going to happen or what's going to cause this to happen is if we begin to understand what we're calling a theology of place. Theology just means the study of God. And when we say theology of place, we mean that we have to understand that God has called each follower of Jesus to be devoted to three places, three specific places, and how each of those places are connected to each other. The first place is called the secret place. Say it with me. The secret place. We just finished four weeks of teaching on the secret place, and that's where we meet daily with God, and we meet deeply with God, reading His Word and worshiping God. So if you missed any of those messages, you can go to our podcast and you can catch up. The second place that God wants us to be devoted to, we're calling the gathering place. Come on, say it with me, church. The gathering place. See, the gathering place is where believers in God gather together for the purpose of both worshiping God and ministering to one another for the building up and the strengthening of God's family. And the third place is really important, the public place. Say it with me, the public place. The public place is where we as believers were sent out by God to reach people that aren't in the family of God. And we're full of God's Word, and we're full of God's Spirit as a result of spending or investing time in the secret place and in the gathering place. How many of you know that after you spend time or invest time reading your Bible and and investing time with God or going to a church service, don't you feel better usually when you get out of that place? You feel more full of joy. You feel more connected to God. And from there, God wants to send us to the public place. There's people in your schools, kids. There's people in the workplace, adults, that God wants to use you to point to Jesus. And the more that we're full from the secret place and the gathering place, the more will overflow into the public place. Now, some people might say, oh, but Pastor Robert, you don't understand. I got my own life. I got my own dreams. I got my own things that I want to do. And God knows that. But let me just encourage you. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How many of you would be okay if God rewarded you? If God brought something that was beneficial to your life. God doesn't just do that for everybody. He's looking for people that are searching after Him and going after Him. Jesus put it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. When you go after what's important to God, God will begin to to be sure that what's important to you, He begins to bring about in your life. If you're taking notes or you have your sermon guide, the title for our series, obviously, starting today, is The Gathering Place. The Gathering Place. We're going to talk about the next four weeks about the importance of the gathering place, 
the significance of the gathering place. I have a subtitle for it, and here it is. Together to worship God and strengthen one another. Together to worship God and strengthen one another. And the title for today's message is this. Who, not what. Say it with me. Come on. Who, not what. And the subtitle is recognizing God's people are the church. If you have a sermon guide, people is left out and you can write that in. Recognizing God's people are the church. As a matter of fact, talking about the church and God's people, I want to share a testimony with you from one of our family members, uh, Lacey. And if I were to give it a title, this is what I would entitle her testimony. Church is more than a building. Lacey says this, Church is more than a building that my boys and I come to on Sundays. Church is a place that I consider as a safe, encouraging, and uplifting environment that I can be my true self and people still love me. Being a busy wife and mom can be difficult on my mental health throughout the week. But once I get into the sanctuary and worship begins, I'm able to let all that anxiety go and just praise Jesus in that moment. The last few years of volunteering in children's ministry, helping with parents' night out and trunk or treat, has impacted me immensely, and I've grown spiritually in my walk with God. This church family has been such a blessing, and I'm so thankful for the role models that my children get to experience with Lakeshore. Pastor Robert, Pastor Yolanda, David, Krista, Pastor Madeline, and all of our Gastonia Kids volunteers have made such a difference in my children's lives. I've been so blessed to witness my son Mason accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and watch him be baptized. And the best part was I rededicated my life to the Lord and was able to experience water baptism with him right along his side. Church is such an important place to come and be with like-minded people. It doesn't matter what color skin you have, what your political beliefs are, or if you are rich or poor. Everyone that gathers in God's house has one thing in common, and that is that we all believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and died on the cross so that one day we can all live in eternity together in heaven. Come on, would you give it up for the Lord? <clears throat> what a great testimony. Lacey, we love you and the boys so much, and we're so glad that God has you here with us. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, the back half, Jesus said this. Listen, these are the words of Jesus. He said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, just in that statement, there's a couple of things that we can assume. One is that the powers of hell are going to try to conquer the church. Can we assume that based on that statement? We can also assume something else, that because Jesus is building it, we're going to be victorious. Amen? And the powers of hell will not conquer the church. So it's important that we recognize if there's anything that Jesus is building today, it's the church. Now, some people might have an incomplete understanding of who the church is, but in general, in general, 
the church describes a group of people who are called out and gathered together to worship God and follow Jesus. That's the church. That's who the church is in general. I want to say this. It's a big statement. The church isn't a what. It's a who. Come on, say it with me. The church isn't a what. It's a who. So for the rest of our time, real quickly, I want to give you four biblical descriptions of who the church is. Now, there's more than four in the Bible. I'm going to give you four today, and then on your own time, you can go home and you can look for a couple of more because there are a couple of more. But if you're taking notes, here's your first fill in the blank. The church is the body of Christ. Would you say it with me? Come on, say it with me. The church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 14. God is so, so simple to understand. Listen to how Paul compares the human body to the body of Christ so that we can understand what he's talking about. It says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Doesn't that make sense? So it is with the body of Christ. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And then it goes on and it says in Ephesians 4.12, listen. He says their responsibility, talking about the church leaders, their responsibility is to equip or to prepare God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the church is made up of different members, and every member together is called the body of Christ. And this is so important because you got to know that when you become a Christian, you become a member of the body of Christ. And now, in God's heart, in God's mind, spiritually, each one of the members is connected to one another. And in addition to that, you're valuable to God and uniquely gifted by God to be and to do your part as a member of the body of Christ. This is so important because there are some Christians who are trying to live as a Christian all kind of on themselves, all by themselves. They're not really vitally connected with the church family. Think about it, guys. Kids, what would happen if you saw an arm... I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just trying to give you an explanation, an example, okay? If you saw an arm, like, chopped off and over there on its own, do you think that the arm will be strong? you think that the arm will be purposeful? you think the arm will be everything an arm is supposed to be? Absolutely not. Why? Because it's disconnected from the what? The body, right? And so there are some Christians who say they believe in God, but they're kind of like that arm. They're disconnected. And because they're not connected to the rest of the body, listen, two things happen so important. One, they're not able to flex spiritually and grow strong spiritually and be everything that God's intended them to be as a member of the body of Christ. The second thing that's wrong is they're not connected to the body. Now the body, the rest of the body, is missing a vital part of the body. And so now the rest of the body is maybe limping or trying to do 
do things with only one arm because this person doesn't recognize that they're part of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, and they play a valuable part that only they can play. And what does God want us to do? God wants us to come together, find our place, and be connected. Why? Because each of us are members of the body of Christ. I'm so grateful for our team here at Lakeshore. I'm so grateful for somebody like Vinny, Vinny Gandolfo. He's committed. He's faithful. Amen. Come on, give it up to Vinny. Him and his wife, Debbie, man, they found their place in the body of Christ. They found their place. He said, hey, that's my church family. We're going to come. We're going to... He didn't know anything about any of this. He got water baptized. He said, I'm all in. He starts showing up. He starts getting trained. He's working on the soundboard. He's helping us with the soundboard. His wife's on the, on the screen support, and they're committed. Hey, without them, we'd be trying to do church without two arms. Be looking kind of ridiculous, and we'd be missing out big time. So what are you trying to say, Pastor Robert? You're a member of the body of Christ. That's part of who the church is. Second, second description of who the church is. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The church is the temple of God. Come on, say it with me. The church is the temple of God. In, in the book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he talks about this a little bit. This is what it says. He says, don't you realize that all of you together in you of God, you're God's house. This is important because in the Old Testament, nobody had God's Spirit living in them. God didn't live in anybody in the Old Testament. On special occasions, on special people, God's Spirit would come upon them for a time, but then He would leave. But God only really lived in the temple, and more specifically, in a little room in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was a place where once a year, the high priest would go in there behind the curtain, and he would sacrifice, or the sacrificial blood would be sprinkled there, because when the blood is shed, there's forgiveness of sins. So he would have to sprinkle the blood, and he would burn incense as a sign and a token of worship to God. But it was only once a year, and it was one person, and he would go in there, because that's where God lived. That's where God's presence was. I want to show you a picture. I have a picture, I believe, on the screen support. This is just like a, a snapshot of the temple worship room. There's all kinds of furniture in there, and each of them is symbolic and significant, but we don't have time to go through those today. You can study that out in the Old Testament in your Bible. But you see where towards the back of the room, it looks like there's a bright light coming up, and it's connected to the sky right? That's the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God would come. And the priest would be there with the presence. That's where God would live. That's where God's presence was. And it was so powerful. And the priest would go in there and he would represent the people before God. And then he would pray for forgiveness for his own sins and for the sins of the people. And then he would come out and he would represent God to the people. But God lived there. He didn't live in people. And I wanted you to see that and make this connection because everything changed through Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ shed His blood and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that now 
you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God actually comes to live on the inside of you. Let me put it this way. Think of it this way. You are now the holy of holies. God dwells in you. God lives in you. Not only that, but catch this. It's going to blow your mind. You're actually New Testament priests before God. In other words, you represent God to each other. And we represent God to people who are outside of the body of Christ, outside of the family of God. Because God's Spirit lives in us, we can demonstrate God's love and God's grace and God's power to other kids at school, to other kids on the bus, like when kids are going rambunctious on the bus and you want to give it to them. Instead, you pray for them. Instead, you ask God to forgive them. Instead, you're kind to them. Pastor Robert, I don't think I could do that. You can because God's Spirit lives in you now. And it's so important that we understand that we are the temple. As a matter of fact, repeat this after me. I am the temple of God. Listen to what 1 Peter says. It says this, And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are His holy priests through the mediation of Jesus Christ. That means based on what Jesus did for us. Now you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now, let me just interject this. This is important. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or you did at one time, but you know in your heart that you're not really walking with Him, you feel disconnected from Him, today is a great day to reconnect with Him. Today is a great day to reaffirm that you want to be part of the body of Christ, that you want to be the temple of God, so that God's Spirit can live in you. There's no greater thing than to be in a relationship with God. Here's the next description of the church, real quickly. The church is God's covenant people. Say it with me, come on. The church is God's covenant people. Now the word covenant, it's kind of a big word, but... Generally speaking, the word covenant just means it's a promise. It's a promise between two people. And in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, God promised His people, Israel, a new promise, a new covenant. Israel repeatedly broke their promise to God. God didn't break His promise with them. They kept breaking their promise to God. They would go off track. They would forget about God. They would live their own way. They would worship other gods. They would do things that were unfaithful to God. God was faithful. He loved them. And Israel, God's people, would keep breaking their promise to God. So God said, you know what? I'm going to do away with the old promise, and I'm going to make a new promise, a better promise, a promise that they're going to be able to keep. And he goes ahead and he describes it in Jeremiah 31, 33. This is what it says. This is the new covenant or promise I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord, talking about the days when Jesus comes. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. Listen to this part. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Think about that. 
God is pledging Himself wholeheartedly to His people. And in response, He expects for us wholeheartedly to pledge ourselves back to Him. That's a marriage covenant. When people do that at the altar and they pledge to covenant, to promise to one another, they're saying, listen, I'm with you forever. I'm with you forever. No matter what comes, I'm with you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be with you forever. This is what God is making available to us in Jesus. And it's a better promise than one of the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, remember, God's Spirit didn't live in His people. And in the New Testament, the New Covenant, God lives in you. And He writes His words of His promises in your heart and in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps you and I be faithful to God and walk in faithfulness to God. Pastor Robert, but this was talking about the Jewish people. This was talking about Israel. It says, with the people of Israel. And that's true. But listen to Romans 2.29 in the New Testament. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Holy Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. He was saying that you don't have to go through the Jewish tradition of circumcision. I won't get into details about that, but that was an external sign that they belong to God. In the New Testament, God asks for us to circumcise our hearts. That means we're willing to open our hearts to Him and allow Him to come and live on the inside of us. And when we do that, we become part of the Jewish people spiritually. We are the New Testament Israel. So this is very applicable to us. The church is God's covenant people. He's promised things to the church. In return, the church has promised to live faithfully to God. Number four, fourth and final description of the church. Here it is. The church is God's divine instrument. Come on, say it with me. The church is God's divine instrument. Divine meaning godly. That's what that means. And when we say instrument, we don't mean a guitar. We don't mean drums. It's not talking about a musical instrument. Let me explain. An instrument in this particular case is referring to something that God would use for specific purposes. Like a tool for a specific job. God's church is His divine instrument. He has a specific job. He has a specific purpose that He wants to accomplish through the church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Easy to read version. This is what the Bible says. God's purpose was that all the rulers and powers in the heavenly places will, know, will now know the many different ways He shows His wisdom. Now, that might be hard to understand, but what this is saying is that God's purpose in Christ would demonstrate to these unseen spiritual entities, the Bible calls them principalities and powers, they're the bad angels. There's bad angels in the unseen spiritual realm, and they're the ones working to bring darkness in the world and darkness in God's people, and God is he has a purpose to use Christ and God's church in Christ to show all of those rulers and all of those powers the wisdom in Jesus Christ. 
He wants to display His wisdom through us in Jesus Christ. The back half says, they will know this because of the church. So all of these bad angels in the spiritual realm, the Bible calls them demons. That's what the Bible calls them. And they're watching the church. And the church is being used by God as His divine instrument to show and to demonstrate God's wisdom through the finished work of the cross, through the finished work of Jesus Christ. How we live in relationship with God, how we live in relationship with one another, how we take our place of authority, and all of uh, the blessing that God's given us as His people. As we're living that way, we're demonstrating to these unseen realities the wisdom of God, the power of God, because we're being used as an instrument of God. So what do we cover real quick? Who is the church? Number one, the church is the body of Christ. Come on, say it with me. The church is the body of Christ. Number two, the church is the temple of God. Number three, the church is the covenant people of God. And number four, the church is the divine instrument of God. Anybody want to be used by God at school? Right? Use you at school to be a blessing to other people? Come on, let's go ahead and stand your feet and we'll pray. So who is the church, right? Not what is the church. You know, one time God gave me this thought. Church isn't just a place I go to. Church is a family I belong to. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, we just thank you for our service today. We thank you that you are with us in a very real and powerful way through songs of worship and praise and through prayer in our communion time. Father, thank you for reminding us through the video that your heart is to bring healing and restoration to any and every area of our life that is sick, whether it's spiritually, physically, or emotionally. God, I thank you that you supply all of our need. Lord, help us to grow as the body of Christ. Help us to find our place. Help us to recognize how valuable we are to you so that we can become strong and so that we can strengthen one another. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.